time that's what i've been missing welcome to the movie ladder podcast we're all about cinematic connections each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast i'm zach brooks and for the uh, 111th time i'm joined by brendan fitzpatrick and making her podcast debut her movie ladder podcast debut and podcast overall debut we have joining us uh are you the all-time expert on nicholas sparks sarah <laughs> I think I'm the, in this group, I'm the all-time expert. Yes. Uh, of the three of us, knows the most about <laughs> Nicholas Spark. Yes, Sarah Oreck joining us, one half of Mac and Sarah. Uh, if you listen to the uh, James Bond podcast and Fast Furious podcast I did with Mac, we have Sarah joining us, her roommate. That's Sarah, right. how's it going? It's going well. I'm excited to be here and make my, my podcast debut. You have children really asleep. I'm excited to finally get you on the podcast, yeah. yeah. You have children asleep. You have dogs asleep. Mm-hmm. So I have two... Two dogs to the to the right of me, so they're behaving right now. So that's that's a good thing. Yes, you were spending your free time talking about the Notebook with us. I am the day after Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> I know. You know what? Um, I was just thinking about it. It is we are recording Valentine's week, and mm-hmm. so I watched this probably over a course of four sessions. And today, I need to know uh, is what I like to call. Uh, my flirtversary with Mac, mm. the anniversary of when we flirted in a bar, and I believe you both were there. So, yes. oh, look at that! Yeah, I think we were. Yeah, you know, the <laughs> which bar was it? Good. Do you remember? It was, um, oh my gosh, Penn Social in DC. Oh, that makes sense. And just like that, you know, uh, what is it? Well, ten years later. Nine years later. Nine years. Oh, almost ten years. We'll have to yeah. be back next. You and Mac together <laughs> next year for the ten years. Yeah. Uh, yes, this is this is we tend to get into the rom-coms around Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last week we talked about about time and this week due to a Rachel McAdams uh, love story over time. We are discussing The Notebook, the 2004 movie based on the book by Nicholas Sparks. Then at the end of the podcast, we'll get into suggestions sent in from the listeners and us, your hosts, to decide on what movie we'll be watching next week. So we'll be spoiling The Notebook. So if you've never seen it, it is streaming on HBO Max uh, in the United States. So you can go watch it there uh, or you can just listen ahead if you're not worried about being spoiled. But you should probably just pause this podcast, go watch the movie and then come back and listen to the to the discussion. Uh, If you do want to jump ahead to the latter section to find out what we're going to be watching next week, we do have the the time in the we do have the time in the description of this podcast. So check that. Uh, and as always, once we do pick our movie for next week, submit your feedback at LadderMovie on Twitter, TheMovieLadder at gmail.com, and follow us on Letterboxd, The Movie Ladder. So, uh, with all that, Sarah, how was your Valentine's Day? It was great. It was uh, it was exciting because both my kids are in daycare, and so they come back with a boatload of non-candy Valentines, and and... I underestimated the amount of work it actually takes to produce all of these, all of these uh, gifts that you apparently need to give out to other children. 
Um, uh, Brennan, how was your Valentine's Day? It was good. I spent it sitting on the couch, eating crab chips, drinking Coke Zero, and watching The Notebook. So there you go. <laughs> the ideal single-person Valentine's Day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I did not have the crab chips or the or the Coke Zero, but I did watch The Notebook with... Uh, I think I was eating some microwave-steamed vegetables while I watched The Notebook nice. last night. So, nice. yeah. You know uh, what? I did... Um, uh, this is before I started dating Mac, um, but I told him, I, I confessed this to him, one Valentine's I didn't have, I was by myself and I didn't have anything to do and I was living in a place where I didn't have any friends. So I went to Redbox. Is that still <laughs> nice. a thing? There is. Yeah. yeah, there's one outside okay. of the Kroger right by me. Yeah, there's and one outside the 7-Eleven down here too. Yeah. I rented the human centipede on Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> And that's how I spent my Valentine's Day by myself, watching The Human Centipede. Oh, man. What a horrifying Valentine's <laughs> Day. Why would you do that to yourself? I don't I know, hope, but... I hope that you've logged that on Letterboxd for yeah. your Valentine's Day watch <laughs> Nothing know, back so, in 2009. The funny thing is I literally had no clue what it was about. I had just oh, heard no. that people were talking about it. I had no idea what was going to happen, and I was quite shocked. Yeah. So uh, That one is a blind spot for me. <laughs> I think it was. I think it's a blind spot for many of the people in the movie too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Maybe you'll cover it one day. The, maybe. Maybe next it, week. Three yeah. of them now. I think. Yeah. Uh, we could do, we could do uh, Human Centipede Month. <laughs> oh no! Let's not. Um, well, that, we're that not was on the, the alternate. Human... That was the alternate title for this podcast: <laughs> the movie Centipede. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I wonder if the Human Centipede has ever come up on this podcast before. I'd have to go back and look. Well, now it has. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, well, uh, the Notebook actually coming up for the first time. We have not had the Notebook suggested before on this podcast. So um, first time, and uh, gets picked off of last week's About Time. So we will get it beginning to the Notebook in just a minute. But first. We do like to start this off with the best thing that we watched this week. Uh, Sarah, what is the best thing that you watched this week? So, Other than the notebook. Other than the notebook. We talked about Valentine's. And what I decided to do as my romantic gesture um, for Mac was do a Seinfeld food-related uh, viewing. So I took some of the famous food episodes of Seinfeld and... I bought the foods and then Incredible. had us watch the corresponding episode. So mm, if you're fun. familiar, if yeah. I, I assume everyone's familiar at this point. Definitely um, our listeners are. Yeah. Right? We have a couple of listeners that are freaking <laughs> out right now going, hope she says big salad. Hope she says big salad. Right. So, uh, so I, first of all, I bought, a, I bought some cereals that were, that mm. were relevant, kind of an ongoing theme. And then I was going to do a big salad, but as it turns out, Mac bought me one for lunch so he kind of <laughs> took care of that um, oh, so he had to get the big he salad. wasn't in the know yet he just happened mm-hmm. to buy me a salad and then I got a chocolate babka Basically. and junior mints Perfect. and I think that was it was that it I think that was it is there a marble rye no marble rye oh yeah, yeah. I could have gotten a marble rye I know there were other things maybe I'll have to continue it okay. I did buy Jerry Seinfeld's wife's cookbook last week so that's like adjacent to the topic okay. but um but that is that's what I viewed then that um, a few episodes of Seinfeld that had to do with food on Valentine's Day. And that's which fantastic. episode of Seinfeld was the best that you watched? Oh, that's a that's a really good question. You know, what was funny is a couple of them had other storylines mm-hmm. that were also equally famous. Like mm-hmm. um, which one was it? The I think it was the Junior Mint one. 
had the episode where Jerry didn't know what his girlfriend's name was. Yeah. It just rhymed with a female uh, yeah. body part. And at the end, he's like, Dolores. <laughs> yep, um, yes. <laughs> I think that was the junior mint one. Yeah. Um, but that was probably the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah nice. it was great. It was fun to watch those again. Nice. Uh, all right, Brendan, how about you? Yeah, so I came in not quite sure what I was going to talk about this week. And then, um, unfortunately, Ivan Reitman passed away yesterday. Yeah. And I just watched Ghostbusters Aftermath on Sunday. And so I felt it was appropriate to uh, mention Ghostbusters Aftermath. Or why do I keep calling it Aftermath? It's Ghostbusters Afterlife, which came out last year. Um, Not my favorite Ghostbusters movie. Not my favorite movie I saw last year, but it has a lot of charm. It has a lot of heart. It took some big swings at trying to do some things, and not all of them landed. But it was really interesting timing that I watched that movie, and then Ivan Reitman yeah. uh, well, passed away. You watched it before he passed away, right? Yeah, and then he passed away like shortly after I watched it. And so I felt like it was necessary to mention it, but I, I am a huge fan of his films, um, as well as his son, Jason Reitman, who directed uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And it's really cool that they were able to work on this last project together before his passing, and that he got to see it be completed and come out, um, you know, and see it in theaters and everything um, before he passed away, especially um you know, especially because so much of that movie is about legacy and yeah. leaving something behind for the next generation. Mm. So it was sort of um, really made me tear up thinking, like thinking about it in that context afterwards when I heard about his passing. So, yeah, that's that's the best thing I watched this week um, in in context. Was yeah. he uh, was he involved in the making of that? Did he produce it or anything? Yeah, he and he helped write it as well with his okay. son. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. Sarah, did you guys see that yet? Mac did. Uh, I have not. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. But uh, yeah, and we, I like the other. Well, I like co- the first two Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I, Lady Ghostbusters is up. I'm hit yeah. and miss on that. I like the cast a lot, but yeah. sort of unmemorable. Yeah, what I haven't seen say? that one either. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, all right. Well, yeah, that's, uh, it is sad to lose uh, Ivan Reitman. I was looking at his. I was looking at his, his uh, mm-hmm. filmography today, and very up and down. Some very good movies on there, but also some yeah. very uh, not that great movies on there. Yeah, we um we reviewed Stripes um yes. last yep. year with him, yep. and that was one of our more poorly reviewed episodes. But we yep. had a lot of fun talking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, he made some iconic. He definitely made some yeah. iconic comedies, like Junior and Twins. He made both of those, uh, <laughs> which actually kind of segues nicely into uh, the best movie I watched because both those movies have Danny DeVito in them. I watched mm-hmm. a movie directed by Danny DeVito last night after I finished The Notebook. Uh, I needed Matilda? Was it Matilda? No, it was not Matilda. Did he direct <laughs> Matilda as well? I don't oh, he know. Did. I, yes. did he? he did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. directed quite a few movies. Uh, no, I watched Death to Smoochie last night. Oh, no. Um, Clown movie, right? It's about like a Barney-type character. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a very dark comedy, um, super cynical, and it was I, I thought it was great. I, I had seen this at the, at the movie store, the video store, a ton when I was a kid. And um, I never got around to seeing this, and I needed to watch a for a movie challenge, I meant I needed to watch a Robin Williams movie that is not made for kids. And it had to be Blind Spot, and this was one I had never seen before. Huh. So I this looks weird. Uh, 
this is a very weird movie. Um, it's mm-hmm. very much like it's filmed like a Terry Gilliam movie. Um, so it's like yeah. that, like close up uh, fisheye lenses a lot, like just very like fast paced and, and quick cuts. Um, but it it has I mean, it has um, Robin Williams, and Edward Norton both in it, along with Catherine Keener, who's really, really good. Oh, uh, I John, like John Stewart has like mm-hmm. the craziest haircut I've ever seen. He has like uh, Courtney Cox uh, early 2000s bangs like in uh, wow. Scream 3. Um, oh gosh, we just watched yeah. that, and those were those were some bangs. So John Stewart has like the same front haircut in this. Uh, can I guess? Can I guess what year that came out? Yes. Yeah. Two thousand five. No, two thousand two. Two thousand two. I remember hearing about it. It's been a while. Twenty years. Yeah. Um, so it's just like one of those weird dark comedies um, mm-hmm. that is like totally not on anybody's radar really anymore. Uh, but it's well, it's aged super nicely. Yeah. And it has some some good themes about kind of like. Uh, corporate takeovers of these kids shows and yeah. uh, just like the unhealthy environment that uh, they're creating for kids and that it's got like a weird like murder subplot. So yeah, it um, was pretty critically panned at the time that it came out and won a bunch of Razzies, I believe, and mm, is yeah. it un, like is being rediscovered and kind of becoming a cult classic recently, yeah. but is widely considered to be like one of the worst movies ever made. By that's interesting. Yeah, no, it's but, definitely, yeah. definitely um, was not, I, you know, I was not like, one of the best movies I've ever seen, but I think it was probably one of the stronger standouts top to bottom that I watched this week. Um, but I also watched a lot of movies that were sort of up and down. Um, so yeah. Is it, is it going to be concerning to me though, to let my children watch TV shows in the future? It's more like just about like the, the guy who plays Smoochie is like very wholesome and he's like, you know, he doesn't want to have any, he doesn't want to market junk food to kids, but then the company yeah. that produces the show is like, well, we need to sell like these popsicles and we need to do all like, so uh, it's got, yeah. it's, it's got like a lot of, a lot of that message in there. Um, but this was also made at the time when like Barney, like shortly after Barney was a thing and now yeah. shows are like mm. blippy. And uh, so I don't, I don't know, I guess Blippy's like sort of like the characters in this. I've only I've only seen one episode of Blippy about fire trucks yes, and it's... and yeah I've I've gotten I've, I've gotten in trouble for that but mm-hmm. I do you know in in another career um, maybe later in my life I'd like to be an actress in a kids mm-hmm. show like Sesame Street be one of those be one of those older you know shop owners something mm-hmm. like that so i've started following all the all the um human actors of sesame street just mm-hmm. in anticipation of that did you watch like, the hbo documentary day. street gang yet no it came out it's really good yeah life on sesame street it's a really good documentary life well, to street gang maybe i'll need to watch that to prep for my acting Definitely for should. you well yeah. you will we'll make sure that we save this audio file and you can have this in your portfolio thank when you, you. Do, when you do apply for sesame street when i'm 80 years old <laughs> yeah or or then yeah when someone so. finally shows you how to get the sesame street yeah so uh all right well uh very different than kids shows but let's talk about a love story across time again this week uh, although there's not actually specific time travel on this one so we're going to talk about the notebook uh this is our uh 2004 romance movie starring Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, uh, along with Gina Rowlands and James Garner. Uh, James Garner, no relationship to Jennifer Garner. Mm. Brennan informed me today, sadly. Thought maybe did you, it was her Did dad. you actually think they were related? Yeah. Yes, and I thought what? maybe they were, so I wikied it just to make sure. And I was like, nope, I'm wrong. She's they from West Virginia, working class, family. He's like, Is she? Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm here to yeah, judge it's a, you. Yeah. For, um, please. I mean, I was like, there can't be that many Garners in. in That's true. Uh, Julia Garner. Yeah. So, uh, 
This was the first watch for me, first watch for Brendan. Really? How okay. many times have you seen The Notebook? So I was trying to remember, and I did not. It came out, what, 2004? Yep. That's what you said. So I did. Two years see, after Death to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie. <laughs> I didn't see it in the theater. I think I. I think I must have rented it on VHS to see it from a first viewing from the video store in Montpelier, Vermont. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, once I realized Mac had never seen it, he lost a bet, and so I bought it on DVD for him and forced him to watch it. So yes. I've probably probably in total, you know, and also in seeing on TV when it just comes on or something, probably about five times. Mm-hmm. Um, have I read the book? I, I had a Nicholas Sparks period where I was uh, riding the metro in DC a lot and reading a lot of those books. And I, I, I don't think I read this one. I read some others. Um, did you read it on? Would you read it on like Kindle then, so that nobody knew what you were reading, or no, were you reading the just, actual book? I was just loud and proud. I don't oh, care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to see a funny page. Go to the Nicholas Sparks written by page on Letterboxd and just look at all of the covers of yes. the movies that he wrote. And they are all the exact same cover, just with people yeah. in different positions, like almost kissing. Different. Yes, almost, almost, kissing. almost kissing white people, basically. Yeah. I think yeah. Mac, that's what Max said. Yeah. Uh, this by far, though, is, is I think his most uh, famous story. Um, Brandon, this is your first time watching The Notebook. What are your, yeah, what are your initial this, takeaways? This is my first time watching The Notebook. Um... I will say this film is really beautiful. It's really beautifully shot. Um, I absolutely love the setting in the South Carolina low country. Oh, I wonder why. Being yeah. a South Carolina boy myself, mm. um, I was quite familiar with the setting from, you know, going camping in that area a lot as a kid with Boy Scouts. Like, I felt like I knew, like, the areas that they were in, and it was really cool. Like, I, I yeah, I, this is, um, this movie was an experience. For sure. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into our overall reviews eventually. But yeah, um, I wouldn't, I didn't dislike this movie. I, you know, this was, this was a good sit. Like I had a, I had an okay time watching this movie. I didn't hate it. It was fun. <laughs> you didn't hate it. You had fun. All yeah. right. Uh, kind of had fun. Did any, yeah. did anybody, now last week we talked about About Time, which, um, you know, the first time in Movie Ladder Podcast history, I cried during a movie. Very sad. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, did anybody cry watching The Notebook on any watch of The Notebook? Yes. This watch or uh, uh, previous? And I, I will tell you why, but I think I have to hold that why for later on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, we got to hold that for later on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was expecting to be sad watching this movie. And the ending is sad. Um, not it did not hit me emotionally like About Time did. Mm-hmm. Um, and in general, I think that's like my biggest complaint about this movie is I just kind of felt nothing watching it. Um, right. The I think the framing device because they use the framing device with the two older people, and I don't know if it was sure. supposed to be a surprise or not. Like who the but I mean the I whole time figured I was it like, out as soon as the movie started. And yeah, it's like, I'm like oh, okay, yeah, these two, are our first two characters. Right. It's not very subtle in the way that it like it's not supposed to be a surprise. Yeah, I There's wasn't no sure way. if it was. Um, <laughs> and uh, I do think, like, the, the character, and his, he's credited as Duke, but he's older mm-hmm. Noah, uh, played by James Garner. I thought he was really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and his his acting, just the, especially at the end of the movie when, um, you know, he can see that he's losing Allie again, yeah. that, you know, she's she's going away yeah. again, because she has Alzheimer's. Um, just the look in his eyes, you can see that he really, really cares for her. 
mm-hmm. and is sad to to be losing this piece of her as he's getting older. Um, but what I was missing was any reason why he cared so much about her because all this stuff with Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams was just like very much like to me just did not work and just cookie cutter and like really yeah I just I didn't see why they liked each other at all. Well, I'm curious how much, so obviously you prepared for this kind of getting some background stuff, but, Mm -hmm. but did you do some deep dives into, uh, behind the scenes, you know? Okay. Can I fill you in on some gossip? Yes. With the hot gas. I'm glad that I'm here for this. So they, it's, it's, uh, pretty widely known that Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling did not get along during the filming of this movie Mm. so much that there was, there was one moment where they were filming a scene and uh, I forget the, the camera shot, what it's called, you know, behind her back. And and she was just standing there. Yeah. The the overhead shot. Yeah. yeah, And, and he told the director, I need another actress in here. I just can't, I just don't want to be like in her face right now. I just can't see her, like get her off this, get her off the set. Oh, wow. And, um, but so much of the, you know, if you think about it, so much of the movie is them fighting this mm-hmm. like passionate it's an antagonist. kind of mm-hmm. fighting uh, that maybe I thought they had good chemistry. Maybe that's kind of what made it. Uh, yeah. more believable for those who believe that that it is believable um, because they they didn't like each other. And then, of course, they actually dated uh, sometime after the mm. filming was complete for quite some time. They were mm. they were an item. I mean, that's uh, that's an interesting way that it sort of mirrors the actual story within the movie where, you know, they kind of had to go away from each other for a little while to, yeah. to really fall yeah. in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And so, because when, when they were together in the movie, in the filmmaking process, they didn't like each other very right. much. And, you know, the same thing with the summer romance where it was, right. it was passionate, but it was also like, we know this is fleeting, so we can't take this very seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when, like, Rachel McAdams really does fall in love with him at the end of the summer, he's like, well, you're an idiot because you we both knew this never was never going to work. So why don't we just end it now? And but then they both can't let it go. And that's yeah, how, I just I, yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's because it, I've seen movies since The Notebook. But I feel like I've yeah. also seen movies before where it's like, you know, couple falls in love. Couple mm-hmm. has some sort of like external obstacle, which is her parents and then the war. And then they, you know, they mistime each other. And now she's in a relationship with James Marsden character. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, you know the whole time that, like, okay, well, they're going to get back together. And, um, you know, I, like, Brendan, you talked about how, how nice the movie looks. I do think, like, some of the shots of them in the rowboat mm-hmm. are very nice. Um, and, yeah, with the ducks. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, with the swans or the, the ducks swans, or whatever that was. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I, wrote, I wrote that down. I like that quite a bit. Um, I was curious about that, Zach, because... Uh, there were a lot of, I'll call them ducks. I don't know what they are. Um, there were a lot of them and I mm-hmm. thought maybe they were, uh, was it CGI? Like the, a whole lot of them. And in fact, those ducks were raised in that, uh, environment specifically. So they'd be comfortable with the shooting and the cameras and the boat moving around them. So hmm. that was their habitat. Those ducks. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked pretty natural. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, like, it starts raining, and then we get, the, like, the famous, you know, the famous shot of them kissing in the rain. Yeah. And, and, you know, partially I could see that coming from a while away. And I I had seen the, like, I waited for you for seven years uh, yeah. line. I've seen that clip, too, yeah. yeah. There's, like, no emotion in that scene whatsoever. I felt like, uh, like, 
it, and this kind of gets into also part of what I didn't think worked at all was like Rachel McAdams, and Ryan Gosling, just both like, the acting is awful. Um, the they, Brennan, you're oh, you're wow. from South Carolina, like the accents were, were <laughs> pretty were, bad. Really bad. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't have yeah they're 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 both trying to do some kind of Charleston accent and it's not working mm-hmm. and it's like but they also kind of give up on it at certain points in the movie at all. Yeah, they go so in and out. So it just it's it's very it's very in and out. It's very inconsistent. Um, the only person that really sort of sells the southernness of their character, and that's because he's just so easy breezy about everything, is Sam Shepard as uh, Noah's dad. Mm-hmm. It's just like perfect in yeah. his three scenes in the movie. Because you're like, all right, I totally believe that you grew up in the outskirts of Charleston, South Carolina, in this house that you've been in for 50 years sitting on your front porch drinking whiskey and playing the banjo. Yeah. You're just perfect in this sure. set. But he great. just kind of yeah. disappears midway through the movie, right? He sells the house, yeah. and then that's the well, last he dies. thing. Well, he dies. He dies. He dies. Okay. Yeah. So that, that would be disappear. why he disappears. You're right. Yeah. He did. <laughs> to the grave. Yeah, um, all right. Well, Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, they're both Canadian. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. were both, in fact, born in the same hospital. Oh, I remember nice. I remember learning that at some point. I only remember useless celebrity gossip, I should warn you. You probably both well, are. This is the perfect you. movie for that though. So yeah. Um I don't I don't Absolutely. remember where exactly it was, but I wonder with the accents, is it uh, you know, they were they were obviously a lot younger, but maybe there's right. the Canadian piece that makes it difficult. I <gasps> I don't, I'm not attacking Canadians. I love Canadians. Yeah, no. My family's from Canada. Um, but we definitely have at least one Canadian listener. Hello, actually, too. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hello up north. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a piece they both, uh, they both struggled with it. It's like yeah, Princess Leia. It's like uh, Carrie Fisher. She went in and out of her accent, right? In the first Star Wars. They all yeah. kind of go in and out of accents, especially the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's quite a few accents in there. Uh, was Rachel McAdams in the Mickey Mouse Club as well, or just Ryan Gosling? So Ryan Gosling was, and mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams was not. But it's so funny you say that because uh, there are a number of other young actresses who auditioned for the role of Allie, uh, including mm-hmm. Britney Spears mm-hmm. of Mickey yep. Mouse Club fame mm-hmm. back in the day, and Jessica Simpson, who... Uh, also auditioned for it and was very close mm-hmm. to to being cast in the Mickey Mouse Club. And then you want to know a couple others that might surprise you? Yes. Reese Witherspoon. Wow. See, now that, I think right. that she's that got that like southern that yeah. yeah she's got that southern persona sure. that would have well, she did that movie old. right Sweet Home Alabama or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And she, she does. Yeah. She's from the south. And then uh, the one who almost got it, who I think I think was uh, was next in line, was Jessica Biel. Yep. Hmm. I did read that. Yeah. What about Ryan Gosling? Do you know anybody who was? So yeah, I was. I was looking that up, and it seemed I didn't find anyone other. It just seemed to be the gals that I that I uh, learned about. But uh, Mm -hmm. but with Ryan Gosling, they said that, and this is hilarious. um, The director hired him because he wanted someone who wasn't handsome, and he thought Ryan Gosling Uh, wasn't good looking. So yeah, okay. def- definitely That's, not. Well, uh, the director is obviously an idiot. <laughs> so we I mean, can't trust that. Well, I will say so. This is uh, directed by uh, Nick Cassavetes, yes. um, who is John Cassavetes' son. So famous director John Cassavetes' son, yeah. uh, 
who uh, did have Gina Rollins, who plays Allie, older Allie, in yeah. some other movies. Uh, I, I was going to talk about that. Um, yes. Yeah, she's his yeah. mom, right? Yeah. She's his mom? Yeah. Oh. Gina Rollins. Yeah. And also, she... Yeah. So she starred in one of my favorite movies that I watched for Criterion last year called Opening Night, directed by John Cassavetes, mm-hmm. where she is a character playing... Act, or She's a... She's playing an actress who's going through a mental breakdown during rehearsals for this opening night show on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the lead up to the opening night of this show on Broadway and the mental health crisis she's going through. So when I saw Gina Rowlands was playing this character and I like kind of knew the dementia angle going in, I was like, well, this is just perfect casting. This makes right. absolute right. sense. And then I was not disappointed. Like, she's fantastic. She did a good job, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really fantastic. And when she, I, I think particularly at the end when he was, when, mm. what's his name, Duke, when Duke was sick and they were kind of separated for a while mm-hmm. and you could see they were sitting in the chairs and that was so yeah. sad. But, yeah, kind of losing that connection where she she wasn't all there. Yeah, the the end the end fifteen minutes of this movie is is really what saves us for me. It's um, really tough to watch, but like yeah, in a really is. good way. Like yeah, yeah. like I, I thought it was yeah. like as I was watching that the whole time I was just like I wish this was the movie and like care, even yeah. if it was flipped where it, we're watching seventy percent them thirty percent right younger actors, but we're spending better, so much time and I get that he's like the whole point is he's reading to her to help her remember right. Um, and it's, you know, that she's experiencing this, but she's like, this is, you know, like getting, like, almost like getting deja vu. Um, but we're just, I don't know, like, there just wasn't much interesting to me about the young, and this is not, this movie's not made for me, but, like, it, it there wasn't much interesting about, like, the, the romance between the two younger people in this. Um, and so it just, that's what really, I don't want to just, like, be down on this movie so much, but that's what really, like, just kind of like, all right, I'm, like, bored watching this. What uh, about uh, what about some of the side characters like Marsden and uh, uh, and well, I hate Entourage Kevin Connolly so much. <laughs> so I was like, I was like oh, is that yeah. Sean Astin? Like he, he looks pretty good. I was like, oh no, that's E from Entourage. <laughs> yep. Um, what about his death scene? Did you watch it closely? He just kind of, you know, it. it yeah. I don't know. If I were going to have a death scene in a movie, I'd really go for you it. ham it up a little I'd bit more. I'd just spit and <laughs> yeah. just kind of I mean, stopped talking. Yeah. It sort of happens. Yeah. Right. It just felt like it was like, okay, like, there's not, like, I know they're in World War II, but there's not, like, much drama here, right? Like, probably somebody's going to die, but it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be whatever his name is, Ryan yeah. Gosling's character, not Duke, Noah. Yeah, Noah. Noah. Um, and, like, Dang. it was just kind of like, oh, here's, like, we spent, like, $2,000 filming a World War II scene. Right? It was so <laughs> bizarre because he he's like, Finn, where are you? And then he goes up to him and clearly he's injured. But you see Noah glance down as at what you would assume might be a wound, blood, mm-hmm. a gaping hole in his body. Yet it doesn't cut to anything. And then all right. of a sudden he dies. And he's <laughs> dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Guys, yeah. let me well, give you a thousand dollars from right. you know. Yeah. Here's some ketchup. That's all you need. <laughs> exactly. Throw like, it on there. Yeah, I feel like too. Like this movie is like when you see, like in a TV show where they have you know a character who's like 
trying to break into Hollywood and is like in like a cheesy romantic comedy. Like basically they just like used like this movie for that. Like they're like, oh, all right, you're going to film your war scene for this like romantic movie. Um, I can't think of like what show that is, but I know that's happened in like a show. It's like, like a even, gag like, real scene. Yeah. It's like yeah. a gag real scene when they're showing all of their various roles when they're trying mm-hmm. out for another role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Kevin Kevin Connolly, I just listened to a podcast interview with him mm-hmm. uh, from the the co-stars of Life Goes On. Does what anyone remember that on? show? Life the, Goes On. Corky? Corky, yes. Yeah. And Ow. so it's the the gal who played Becca and then um the Lindsay the, Martin. What was her name? Um, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't Andrea remember. Andrea Martin? Is that one? No. Else? No. no. Um, but the uh, the co-host yeah. is the guy who played her boyfriend, who is the brother of right. Rob Lowe. His name is Chad Lowe. Yes. And yes. they, it's called The Big Break. They interviewed, they interview some fellow actors about like, what's your big break? What was your big role? And mm-hmm. so they, they must know um, um, Kevin Connolly and they interviewed him. He had quite the career as a, as a child actor with commercials, mm-hmm. making like I think hundreds of commercials just going back and forth to New York city as a, as a little kid. It was kind of interesting to. I mean, his, his filmography is like, uh, he was in the movie Angus, um, which I remember from when I was in, uh, elementary school that coming out, uh, also in Rocky five, um, Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, I don't know if he had big parts of these. I'm assuming not, but these are just the movies that show up on his, his, uh, IMDb. Yeah. Uh, He talked about some, he talked about some TV show he was on for, seven years or something fairly fairly recently which which had bobcat goldthwaite in it no he played a puppet he played a puppet or something like that and um cranky (laughs) no oh i can't remember what it was called but he's also a lot older than he seems Mm -hmm. yeah he's got like that youthful face um yeah but i mean him and uh, you know, him and Ryan Gosling and, and really Rich McAdams, like they're all supposed to be pretty young in right. that first mm-hmm. scene when they meet, you yeah, know, the, yeah. the fair. And um, right. it's like, I feel like it's like kind of a, a like a fun meet, meet cute that he's like hanging from the um, the Ferris wheel, which Sarah has a virtual background behind her. And it is, yep. it is Noah hanging from the I Ferris wheel. I mean, it's wheel. a little psychotic. I, yes. I don't know if I were, yeah. if I were in Rachel McAdams seat, which we, Mac was watching it with me when we watched that portion. He was like, where are their seatbelts? This yeah. seems it's, not I don't safe. think they have seatbelts on very, Ferris wheels. They don't. Especially not in 1940. But if there was a guy hanging mm. in front of me saying, I will jump if you, uh, it, unless you go out on a date with me, I, I would hope I'd do the same thing and just say, fine, I'll do it. But it was also, yeah. I mean, it's a little crazy. Yeah, it's a little That's, that's not how Mac asked you out for your first date? No. <laughs> you you guys were there. I don't know. <laughs> um, he got up on the bar and started singing, right? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. <laughs> but then he, but then Ryan Gosling, uh, do you think he really did that? He, he had one hand. He was yeah. holding he was supporting his body weight with one hand and that must have been sweaty he could really have injured sure. himself yeah i mean it, it does make you think like this character is pretty stupid yeah, um yeah. and like oh, yeah. the rest of the movie i don't feel like he's acting crazy and stupid like that um he doesn't do anything else that's like well, really like gonna get himself into trouble but yeah he could have like i mean the movie could have ended really quickly like he would never have those heart attacks. He just is, the movie, the movie plays into the stereotypical "she's from a rich family, he's from the sticks" right thing, but it doesn't really give you any reasons 
why either of them are in the positions that their families are in and why they can't get out of them. Like, there's no larger context for, especially for Noah's side of it, like, why he doesn't have a better job, why he can't do this, that, or the other. He just is. He and, works at the lumber mill, and then he gets, you know, gets called to the service. You know, there's um, not a lot, like, there's not a lot of there there. It's very, like, exactly. broad strokes. Yes. It's very, very broad, a very broad strokes, yeah. yes. Um, so. Well, her yeah. parents were interesting because mm-hmm. uh, oh, the dad's mustache was something else. Something else, indeed, yeah. That was almost my. Is that supposed to just be, like, Southern gentlemen? I like, don't know. Yeah. Is that is that people in South Carolina, Brendan? Do they all have facial hair like that? Most of them do not, Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> that you was don't. wild. Yeah. And then the mom, uh, with her backstory of, yep. oh my gosh, I the married Joan Allen. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I married, uh, I married your dad, but I had my own Noah, and drives her back to the mm-hmm. lumberyard to just stalk the guy and cry mm-hmm. about it. What do you think of that character? Does that make her? Is that a redemption for her? Or yeah, it sure. Or does kind of un- more it, annoyed with her? No, like, yeah. It's like, I I thought that that was supposed to be like, see, we're not so different. You know, like right, us, you know, right, mom and daughter, so we, both, we both like the men from the other side of the tracks. And I'm just trying to protect mm-hmm. you from yourself. But then I'm no longer trying to protect you from yourself. And here's all these letters. This cra- I guess yeah. that's another crazy thing he did. He wrote her a letter every day for a year. Um, mm-hmm. I, would, I would run out of things to say. Um, I guess I could maybe text somebody every day for a year. Um, right. But I don't know. I feel like the texting would be a little creepier if you didn't get a reply and you continue to text <laughs> for, yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. for a year. But then if 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 someone sent me letters for a year, that's you know that stamps cost a lot of money these days and back then. Um, yeah. Do you? That's a good point about texting. Do you ever look at your phone? And you're going to text somebody, and you notice how many times you've texted them without it. Like not even like a romantic yeah. person, just like a person in general, and you're like. Oh, I've sent this person like six text messages in a row. I'm not going to send them nothing. Yeah. Seven, seven's where I call it a day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys, I'm um. So I'm playing the movie on mute in the background, as, yes, and I'm yes, as I'm at the I'm at the scene in the house yeah. where they're staring at each other, very kind of COVID era, six feet apart, and they both <laughs> start taking their own clothes off. Oh yes, uh, just staring at each other, and it's just the most awkward. Um, possibility of a sex scene because I've ever it's seen. very important that it's mutual <laughs> yeah um i didn't even think the sex scenes were very good in this like i don't know i, I mean i'm not like looking for like a porno but like i'm like <laughs> like i i would have thought like ryan uh ryan gosling and rachel mcadams uh would have like some like you know good hot and heavy sex scenes and it was just kind of like i don't know you have to think about the movies that this director has made to this point and makes mm-hmm. afterwards, I think, which True. are very cookie cutter, broad strokes, not very well regarded versions of this same movie. I mean, not like, John Q. John I mean, very different. no, that's a very different movie. But it's yeah. like there, there's something about this movie has the reputation that it does mm-hmm. and is the best reviewed of his movies. Probably because of the star power behind it, not necessarily the content is what. Yeah, yeah. Like he does do something interesting with this, where there's a lot mm-hmm. of you know I, I'm always I'm always on the colors, right? The mm-hmm. there's a lot of red and blue. Yeah. Um. 
Like Allie is in that blue dress, that iconic blue dress that's in for, the that's for like in, half the movie. She's yeah, in yeah. that dress. And when they're in bed, there's the red blanket. Um, mm-hmm. Older Allie is wearing a lot of red. Like I just mm-hmm. noticed that like the yeah, red and the blue stand out. I didn't really notice what it. I couldn't tell you what it stood for, but um, I did. I didn't pick up on that visually. I don't the know if bl- anybody has the any. blue dress. Speaking of that, I was reading. I was reading about. Uh, an article about this apparently Kobe Bryant bought that dress for his wife when when they reconciled after they they parted for a a portion of time um, and then bought the notebook blue dress for his wife because it represented when Noah and Allie came back together just like he and his wife came back together so that's incredible interesting interesting bit of trivia Mm-hmm. Speaking of the blue dress and the visuals from this movie, um, that you know that iconic poster where they're kissing in the mm-hmm. rain and she's in the blue dress. Mm-hmm. In the poster, she's got a giant engagement ring on. Now, before I saw this movie, yeah. I was like, oh, like that's like a nice you know sign of their their romance. Marston. Having seen that, now it's like, yeah. oh, there, she's like this is like a big representation of her cheating on her fiance. Yeah, uh, like it's kind of bad. And he's a pretty good guy. Yeah, he's, he's a nice fun. guy. Yeah. I mean, he's James Marsden. He's, he's a very yeah. nice, good-looking dude. Isn't he the one who always loses the girl, though, in, yeah. like, every movie he's in? He always I mean, loses they, the girl. I mean, they, this might come up later in uh, Connections, but, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, she says, so at one point, Allie, when, when uh, Allie is working in the hospital and Noah is off at war, you know, the the yeah. um, narration says, you know, every person that she treated in the hospital, she thought it was Noah. Right. Now, mm-hmm. she, did she, didn't she not know that he was in war, at war? I don't think she did. Because she, she had already left. Because she didn't read the letters. Right. Yeah. So how does, I was like, is that just a plot hole? What is that? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Great question. Uh, Marsden's makeup, his injured makeup, when he was in the body cast mm-hmm. and she had to kind of pull him up. Mm-hmm. It was probably the worst makeup I've ever seen. It was it was just as if uh, one of my toddlers did it and kind of put it around <laughs> eyes, like yeah, uh, black eyes, and and it was it was pretty comical the makeup. I, but I also thought that maybe they were trying to go for that it kind of looked like Noah, and that's why she was reminded of him. Yeah, like I think that's maybe that what they were sense, going but for. Th- her that, saying, yeah, them saying she that met, she met. They, because like, she couldn't of see all the, the patients, right? So she, yeah. the, like the eyes reminded her of Noah, mm-hmm. and so she's like, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's the way I'm interpreting it. Yeah, poor guy. What do you think happens to him after this movie? But it, what I'm about sure that fine. scene though, when she comes back from when mm-hmm. her mom, you know, warns her he's in town. She goes back to the hotel, the one hotel mm-hmm. in town in Seabrook, and he's <laughs> so darn nice about it, mm-hmm. right? He's like, I could go beat him up or I could, uh, I could leave, you know, whatever happens, I don't get you. So what am I going to do? It's really interesting because that's the, that's like everyone in this movie is concerned about making sure she does whatever she wants. And that's like a really interesting note. Like everybody's very firm with her and gets mad with her. Yeah. But at the end, they're all, they all have the same message. Her mom, Marsden, Noah, when they have the fight at the end of the summer, they're like, why don't you just make a decision for yourself? You know, and they so they all the decision I want you to make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they all have. So that's sort of the theme throughout mm-hmm. this whole thing is they all say that to her. And then that what leads her. Want? 
You know, yeah. what do you want, Allie? What do you even, want? Even her kids, right, are like, yeah. you know, they, they don't act like they know her when they yeah. see her because yeah. they know that she, and that, that is like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to, yeah, it's very heartbreaking yeah. and very interesting to have like a character who's going through Alzheimer's and, you know, especially seeing it from the kid's perspective right. and, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're like, dad, just come home. Like, she doesn't know who you are. Um, you know, all of that is, uh, yeah, very heartbreaking, very interesting and like, that's that's definitely the best part of the movie is just all of the present time stuff. Um, well, what about trying. when uh, when she goes back to the house, they they rekindle their romance and then mm. she just kind of sets up shop in the house, goes upstairs, sees that he made the painting room for her, uh, that kind of everything she described, the wraparound porch, everything she described in that conversation seven years prior. He's he's done just having this mm-hmm. house awaiting her return and how about have you have you uh either of you ever painted topless with a with a blanket wrapped around your waist i have not um although if i ever get on board the titanic when they watch it the second time (laughs) um you know who knows just some topless painting yeah just some topless painting and then her mom arrives (laughs) Um, it isn't i mean the house is like gorgeous it's very nice yeah um you know, nice southern, I don't know, like a house, mm-hmm. plantation, whatever it is. Plantation, so yeah. with the house, I was wondering towards the end, I thought, is the nursing home the house? Because No, I they think they so let similar. them go on a day trip to, like, help jog her memory to the house. Was the way I interpreted it, and that they mm-hmm. were waiting in the other room. Oh, it does okay. seem like the, um, yeah, this retirement home, this nursing home, is like kind of lax on a lot of rules. Like they let him yeah. stay there, yeah. but yeah. Uh, he doesn't need to be there. And they kind of let him like he sets up like the dinner for her. Mm-hmm. And um, right. And I think like the I got the sense that the retirement home and the and the plantation were very close to each other. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like in the same city. So there's yeah. one one hotel and one re- one retirement home. I think they home. were trying to really, um, you know, the, it seemed to me that the doctors and the nurses were all like with him in these efforts that he was trying to like you know continue to jog her memory and preserve you know who she was even mm-hmm. if they thought it was a lost cause except for that it new was doctor noble. yeah that, i mean he was kind of but he still allowed doctor. it to happen he still allowed it to happen mm-hmm. like he yeah. wasn't like no you have to stop this now he was like you know i just don't see how it's going to help but go for it you know Mm-hmm. He was trying to he was trying to talk him out he of it for a moment yeah. though, and then he yeah. he said that you know she's playing the piano that's from memory. Take yeah. that mm-hmm. new doctor. Well, and so um, my brother when he was in college did some social work like an mm-hmm. internship with Alzheimer's patients, and what I do remember him telling me is that you know the thing that often jogs Alzheimer's patients' memories is music. And that's mm. the thing that they can really mm, connect with. And they can, they connect with, they'll hear music from memories that they remember. And it, it, there yeah. is like that portion of the memory that there's a lot of study on this, a lot of research on this. So when she does play the music, I thought again, that that was like an interesting plot point. It, it felt like that was yeah. like sort of m- one of the more well-researched parts of this movie. Mm. Um, but I don't know, like when they're like, oh, it's, you know, she's gone she's never coming back like i don't know i don't know how scientifically accurate some of that is i i like thankfully do not have experience with family members that have have suffered from that. yeah did so did the two of you watch this movie on what on hbo yeah, yeah. i watched i watched it so and this is the only time you've seen it correct mm-hmm. okay 
So I watched it on HBO and the ending happened and I I thought, wait a minute, it's it skipped ahead five minutes because the, the mm-hmm. credits automatically appeared. They lay down. They're saying, do you think there could be a miracle where we, you know, go away together as in mm-hmm. where we would die together mm-hmm. or um, whatever you kind of take from that? In the original airing, in the original version, that wasn't the ending. Oh, and really? I thought I was going crazy. I asked Mac. I, I, I'm certain that the ending was different in the original version that I watched. And so I fell down the rabbit hole and figured it out. Do you want me to tell you? Please, yeah, okay. go, go, go. Um, I'm fascinated. So, so in the original version, he goes in, he sneaks in there. That nurse, the night mm-hmm. nurse, says, "I'm going to take a break, and I don't know what you're going to do, but mm-hmm. you know, do mm-hmm. what you want." And they lay down together and they hold hands. In the version that we all watched on HBO, they fall asleep. He says, "I'll be seeing you," and then birds fly. Cut to credits. In the other version, they fall asleep. You wake up in the morning, all the nurses come in, and they both passed away holding hands. So they die. So they change? Okay, so there's... And that oh, wasn't God. an alternate ending? That was that, the actual No, ending? that was the actual theatrical ending. And so I think what happened in the UK version, they changed it to what we all saw, where they fall asleep. We don't know what happened. They just fell asleep mm-hmm. and were led to believe that they kind of continue on this dementia path where he tries yeah. to jog her memory forevermore. But in the original version, and even I think the one that I watched when I had the um, uh, the DVD of it mm-hmm. back in the day was uh, they died. They both died in their sleep in the same night because she says before they fall asleep, do you think that a miracle will take us away together? Mm-hmm. And that's oh. they die, they yeah. die embracing, holding hands and, and that's it. And then the birds cut to birds. And then, mm-hmm. so it was so bizarre. And, uh, in reading about it, people were in an uproar that, uh, that they changed it so severely. And that goes with the whole thing. If you're a bird, I'm a bird we'll fly mm-hmm. away together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like it goes with and that the, whole thing. And yeah. the ducks. I mean, that adds yeah. some, um, I yeah. actually like the more open ending version um because i just assumed that one of them was going to die like basically when they cut away i'm like all right either he's gonna have a heart attack in his sleep again third or fourth heart attack or they're or she's gonna pass like one of the two of them like is not waking up the next morning and like i don't know it's a little too like magical if they both die together right um a little too hollywood magic but i do like the birds you know having having it tied back to the birds at the end of the movie Mm. um Yeah, so. and in a way, it's more sad if they just carry on with this mm-hmm. storyline where every day, you know, she doesn't remember, she doesn't remember, and he's just hoping that she'll so get five does, minutes. This, with like, her. does he do this? So I guess he does this all the time. He's, he, does, he does this multiple yeah. times. This, I mean, like I know it's not the it. first time he's done it, but you think he does yeah. this every day? Seems so, like he's been doing it for a long time. I mean, the kids come yeah. and they're like, "You've been here. You don't have to be here. Like, mm-hmm. you've right. been doing this for a while. Right. She's not coming back." Like. And well, and what, what I also like is that the notebook he's reading from, she wrote it. Yeah, it's all that was a nice right, touch, yeah. too, that he's reading her. He's not re- reading what he wrote. He's reading what she wrote about right. him. So she wrote that or led to believe she wrote that probably when she was, you know, showing signs or diagnosed mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I figured it was to... like earlier. Yeah. Um, because yeah. It's like the all the story they're telling is of their like courtship of each other and they have three kids. Right. And there's nothing about like. You know, this would be like, you know, like you and Mac's story of like everything leading up to like 2017. That's true. Yeah. Um, 
meanwhile like you've you know you live like an entire life after this is only like a, a yeah. very small portion of courtship right and then they have right. a whole life together mm-hmm. so i don't know um all right well time why don't we get fleeting, into Zach. Yeah, time is fleeting uh, i did not feel like time was fleeting as much in this movie as i did in about time sir have you seen about time i haven't okay I, that's I, really really good i think you would I, really like about um, time. the time traveler's wife but mm-hmm. that doesn't count, right? No, That's a different one. Maybe next, maybe next week. Who knows? <laughs> we could be, we could be on a run of Rachel you McAdams just time, time go back stories. and forth with Rachel yeah. McAdams movies. Yeah, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing that we've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> it's on uh, Rachel and time. There we uh, go. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of Rachel and time, let's get into some feedback, um, which will spur some other, uh, some other discussions, and then we'll get your score, Sarah, and then get into our heroes of the movie. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Uh, so start off with Jeff. Jeff says, uh, Jeff, you know, before we even watched this movie, Jeff was like, I knew I knew Jeff was not going to be happy to pick this movie. I got like a text from him last week. Well, yesterday or a couple days ago, I got a text from Jeff that said, I have to admit, I like this movie more than I thought I would. Her having Alzheimer's and not remembering her own kids was certainly sad. But all in all, it was a nice love story. I like the back and forth from present day to the past. And I give it 4.0. Okay, Jeff. Big fan of the notebook. I hope that, you know, you know, I, I hope that this, you know, allows Jeff to, to trust us more. Yeah. Uh, I, I and not just write right off our picks. I was yeah. pleasantly surprised um, with with Jeff's score. Um, I think that, I think I like your idea earlier in the podcast, Zach, of them being a little more balanced, if not more heavily weighted to the older versions of them with mm-hmm. the going back and forth from the present to the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the movie could have worked a little better in that. But, um, yeah. Glad Jeff, and, glad Jeff enjoyed it. Yep. All right. What does Owen have to say? Uh, Owen had to say, if the film was just shot as two hours of James Garner telling Gina Rollins about the story of the past, it would have been far more enjoyable. Rating 1.5 from Owen. Uh, linked to last year, Dirty Dancing, an example of a relationship between classes being done far better. Mm-hmm. And his hero of the movie, James Garner. Ah, nice. Um, yeah, Owen, Owen, opposite end of Jeff, unfortunately. Yep. All right. Uh, well, Jim says the notebook is a depressing movie on so many levels. Paint by number script combined with alternating flat and melodramatic 1.5 for Jim. His hero of the movie is the old version of Allie. Uh, okay. How she survived listening to that story dozens of times, I will never know. Brutal. Kyle writes in and says, I like the movie's themes of being self-aware of what you want and confident enough to articulate it. Mm. Uh, Hero of the movie, a shirtless Ryan Gosling. Three stars. Of course. But wait a minute. Shirtless uh, in the earlier years or seven years later after he's built this house Mm. and clearly gained 40 pounds of muscle? Great question. And facial hair, too. And facial hair. The beard beard is doing a lot of work for the seven years later Ryan Gosling, for sure. I'm into Uh, the seven years later. Not going to lie. Is that why you won't let Max shave his beard? (laughs) He's just morphing into Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> um, this really, this movie really propelled Ryan Gosling. We didn't talk about that, but like, you yeah. know, Ryan Gosling yeah. had been in a couple really movies did. before this. Um, he had been in Remember the Titans, yeah, um, which probably will come up later. But then after this, like Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams was already kind of a big star, but like mm-hmm. kept being a bigger star. But Ryan Gosling really propelled into you know high leading man after this movie. Mean, mean Girls was two years before. Uh, mean Girls was right around this time. Oh, but it was also 2004. Oh, was it the same year? Oh, wow. oh it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So, um, and then of course she's in Wedding Crashers and other movies that'll come right. up. I'm sure. Okay. Um, 
All right. Uh, Stefan says, that's it? After all these years of waiting and finally seeing the notebook, that's what I get. Nice, Stefan. We're, we're that's it. With our, with our quotes. Uh, I feel like Allie after she first sleeps with Noah, except I don't want to try again. Not romantic, <laughs> not a classic, perfectly, perfectly fine film, but the expectations were so high. Most of the movies I should have seen earlier and didn't see until recently more than held up, like Brokeback Mountain and Apocalypse Now, those two that come to mind. Uh, the best word I can think of to describe the movie is whatever. Uh, even McAdams and Gosling felt disappointed. It was like ordering hamburger and then finding out it's actually a vegan burger. Nothing wrong with that, Stefan. Uh, nothing wrong with it, but still not quite satisfying. I don't know, Stefan. I, I I understand. I understand what he's saying, but I I feel like the notebook is like a McFlurry where you're craving ice cream and something mm-hmm. sweet. You could go the Ben and Jerry's route, the Jenny's route, the like premium $10 pint mm-hmm. of ice cream, but you know what you're going to get. You just, you're in the mood for something. It's packaged in a specific way. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not the best quality, but, but it's just what you need for that moment. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I view the notebook. There you go. Yeah. I mean, Impossible and Beyond Burgers are delicious. So I guess. they are. I- that's true. Yeah. I had a really good um, Impossible Burger recently that I very much enjoyed. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sponsored by Impossible? No, not yet. Do we need to pause? We would be sponsored by, I would prefer Beyond over Impossible. It's just easier to get. Um, although the Trader Joe's version Trader of Joe's. both is pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, next week will be brought to you by Morningstar. Uh, Morningstar, usually not vegan. A lot of times they're made with that. Really? People often will get the Morningstar black bean patties and huh. then, nope, can't get, can't eat those. Uh, but Aldi has very good veggie burgers that are vegan. So. All right. Well, uh, I would love to be sponsored by Aldi. That's who I would like to sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> We're a split household here. I'm team impossible and Mac likes beyond. So it's okay. Well, there's something together. for everyone. That's true. Sorry, uh, Megan, the li- Megan the Librarian writes in to say this movie should really have a trigger warning on it for people who have watched a loved one deal with dementia. Based on my experience with my grandmother, this is a somewhat accurate portrayal of what can happen. And I find some of the scenes with James Garner and Gina Rowlands very hard to watch. Is it a good work of cinematic genius? No, but I think it's a decent story sold by the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, who both give solid performances. Also, at least it's an actual movie with a plot, and someone seems to have put some thought into designing the scenes. Not sure where Nick Cassavetes picked up these techniques. It sure wasn't there from his watching from watching his father's got a whole quote-unquote films. Three and a half out of five. So not a John Cassavetes fan, uh, Megan the Librarian. Nope. She is not. Damn. Uh, all right. Well, listeners all over the map on that. We had yeah, four, it's on uh, an average all the way down to one and a half. Yeah, uh, average of two point five eight. But um, we got some good scores, some bad scores, and let's see how it averages out. All right, um, Sarah, why don't you give your score first, uh, along with your hero of the movie? With my hero of the movie. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go with McFlurry, three out of five. <laughs> there you go. You know, good, mm-hmm. right kind of center of the road. And uh, I really like Sam Shepard. I think, as Brendan said, he's in about three scenes. But I think he's the hero. He also, if it weren't for him selling his house, giving all of his money to Noah to build the house of Ali's dreams, none of that reconciliation would have happened. Yep. His picture mm-hmm. wouldn't have been in the paper. She wouldn't have fainted in her wedding dress. 
wouldn't have driven down to see him. So Sam Shepard, hero of the film. Nice. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. And uh, that is for the uh, present time scenes, mostly. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like some of the some of the, the shots of like the them rowing the boat was nice too, um, but in general, this like just, just I think two is probably a little generous, but I will give it a two. Um, this movie just didn't do anything for me. Like I just was bored. I just didn't feel I didn't feel one way or the other. I didn't really like the couple. Um, I don't know. Just didn't do it for me at all. It didn't want to make you reconcile with someone from seven years ago. No, no. But like, I think especially as a follow up to About Time, which like that movie just like completely dealt with the theme. Worked for me emotionally mm-hmm. and like made me think about like memories and time. And this was just kind of like, yeah, like I mean, it made me like not want to uh, be with you know like to to have a family member suffer from dementia. Sure, that seems horrible. Um, so, you know, on that level. But I think that there's movies that do that a little bit better. Um, a lot mm. better. Than this. So, two out of five for me. Uh, hero of the movie. Uh, oh, James Garner. Um, nice. Yeah, I think. I, I'm, like, very much in line with Olin's review of this movie. Uh, if this movie was more James Garner and Gene Rollins. Um, and I think James Garner gives a really, really good performance. I don't, I'm sure he wasn't nominated, but he could have been. Doesn't he have such a, a great voice? Yeah, he's fantastic. His mm-hmm. narration was just so, I love his voice. Yeah, he's just such like a, he just wanted like to give you a hug. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Right. Um, um, I am going to go with Sarah and also give this a three. Um, I like the Flores. Um, <laughs> I had a, I think I had such quote unquote low expectations going into this movie that this movie actually surpassed them in many mm-hmm. ways. Mm. Um, I thought the setting was beautiful. I loved, like, you know, spending time in low country South Carolina, like, in this setting, just visually. Um, I like both Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams as actors. I really, um, loved, uh, the James Carter and Gina Rowland's performances as the older versions of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we talked about, Sam Shepard is just perfect in his, you know, couple of scenes as Noah's loving father um who you know basically just gives away his life for his son to try to get love and I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty great um so it's a three for me which is going to give us an average of a a two a three a three so it's going to be a 2.645 which we will average to a 2.5 for 2.5 rounds down yeah so if you're a big fan of the notebook and you want to get this movie to a three send in your score um, and you might be able to help bump that up to 2.75. Um, and my hero of the movie, I'm going to, um, since uh, one of you went James Carter, I'm going to give it to Gina Rollins. Um, I was really captivated by her her performance, especially in the um, scene where she goes from being there in the moment while they're dancing to completely breaking down. Um, it was just heartbreaking, and it was so hard to watch, but it's just a beautiful performance from her um, throughout the movie. So yeah, yeah. Gina Rollins for me. Yeah, She did. Gina Rollins had a funny scene where um, the, they were sitting at the table and the nurse said, Oh, uh, Hank, well, Hank, what was his name? Hank. 
Duke. Noah? Sorry, oh, Duke. Duke. Yeah, yeah. Duke. They said, Duke, you got to go to the doctor. And the nurse said to uh, older Allie, oh, you like to play the piano. Why don't you go play the piano? And she said, oh, but I don't know any tunes. And she said, mm-hmm. you know how to read music. And she, she said something just so funny. She said, D- do I or how about that? And it was just so yeah. funny and kind mm-hmm. of a, you know, she was so surprised. And I was just thinking, how would that, how would that mm-hmm. feel if someone literally told you, wait, you can read music? Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> shout out to her. Her nurse was great. Uh, yeah. Also, she very, was. very good. She was so she caring. Was, and, she was um, sweet. Yeah. And yeah, you can tell that she, you know, if, if this was real life, like that nurse really does care for her as a patient. Yeah. 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 All of the like nurses and doctors in this are, I guess the the one doctor is like kind of cynical where he's like, you can't help her, but they seem to care for their patients. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's do connections and then we can do our like one last thing. Um, so Brendan, you know, you just brought up a really good connection back to, um, about time, which is the Sam Shepard character. And that's one I did yeah. not think about. Um, but you know, have that, that relationship between father and son. Yeah. Um, it's a really big one. Time. Yeah. It's, that's where it hit me during the movie last night as well. Um, that I wrote down was the connection between, uh, father and son was really similar to the Bill Nighy and Domino Gleason relationship. Yeah, Tim yeah. and his dad. I don't yeah. remember Tim's dad's name, but uh, yeah. Tim, I heard you remember that from last week. So uh, let's see other connections that I wrote down. Uh, characters having sex multiple times yep. uh, in the same there night. Um, although yep. this time, uh, of course, Rachel McAdams' character remembers it. Um, and, uh, you know, just Rachel McAdams in general, like the, you know, her being the, the main connection, a romance uh, told over time. Um, second chances yep. that we have, we have, uh, Allie giving, uh, having Several a second chance. chance with a, with a, with a former love, which we, we get a lot of second chances in about time. Um, mm. and just the, the flash forward kind of, uh, highlights how fast time goes by as well. Yep. So, uh, anything else that you had to about time, Brendan? Uh, not specifically, just more of thematically the, the passage of time and how it's dealt with and falling in and out of love, um, you know, and. Rachel McAdams is a mother in both these movies. Yeah, that's also um, true. Well, I guess you the know, Rachel McAdams character isn't a mother in this, but her character is a mother. Rachel McAdams uh, did one of my favorite uh, things to to follow during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and that was to follow celebrities who had secret pandemic babies, where mm-hmm. since they weren't out in the public and you know might not have been promoting films, walking onto walking onto interview sets and things, they could just have a baby and no one would ever know. Mm-hmm. So, like, is that what she did? She have a baby? She did. She had a secret pandemic baby. I think she's she has a partner, um, and and but she not might like have a had a, not like a famous partner, right? Right. I think right, right. I think uh, just a normal a normal old person. So <laughs> yeah, Commoner. a secret pandemic baby like uh, Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel also had one. Mm. Yeah, where um, they knew they were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see other connections to other movies that we've done this year. Uh, I wrote down two. I have a uh, character going to war, yep. um, which we saw in uh, Across the Universe. Um, it, I think that was even that was Vietnam Across the Universe. Um, and uh, a character named Martha. Michael Collins. Yeah. Um, oh, and then Michael Collins. Yep. Uh, and then just the idea of memory too, which kind of goes back to about time, but um, mm. uh, specifically back to yesterday as well. People forgetting things and not being able to remember specific things. Um, and then I guess I would also just say like the romance sort of reminded me of the romance in Once. Also um, in, in Across the Universe for me, because mm-hmm. they they fight and they they go away from each other and then they come back in again. Mm, yeah. You know. We've had a lot of romantic, uh, like what, yeah. 
six out of seven movie. romantic movies. I mean, yeah. and then if you want to call Michael Collins a romance movie, it's seven out of seven romantic mm-hmm. movies this year. Love Triangle and Michael Collins too, and there is in this one. Oh, true. Yep. yep. Um, all right. And uh, what about Movie Bat? Movie that connects you best from last year? Uh, I had a, it was tough uh, toss up for me between Rebel Without a Cause and uh, Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebel Without a Cause, obviously, because of the class disparity between the Natalie Wood character and the James Dean character mm-hmm. and our two main characters in this one. Um, Don't they keep saying that he looks like James Dean also? Yeah. yeah. And especially there's the relationship that each of them has with their parents defining who they are mm-hmm. as a person um, and their status and their station in life. Um him being from the wrong side of the tracks for being a rich person, um, you know, that sort of thing. And then there's a, there's a, they disappear to a creepy mansion and people True. come yep. find them. Mm-hmm. Their parents come find them and it causes all sorts of trouble. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Yeah. Uh, Rumble yeah. Without a Cause was a big one. And then Brokeback Mountain as well as sort of the forbidden love um, where they come back together again after many years and, yeah. After relationships uh, failed too, yeah, I, I, I would go with Brokeback Mountain as well. Um, probably as my, I think they came out around the same. It was Brokeback Mountain probably a couple years after this? I guess that was two thousand five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so a year after this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I think I'll go with Brokeback Mountain. But I do like uh, All in the Suggestion of Dirty Dancing. That's a good one as well. Yep. So, all right. Um, so uh, before we get into uh, next week's connection, are we doing through our title connection? Uh, yep. And then we'll do one last thing. So, uh, Brennan, I wrote down right, wrote Rachel McAdams in a romance told over time is my title connection. Yeah, that works. Oh, cool. All right. Um, or just Rachel be... McAdams through time. Through time. That works. Rachel McAdams through time. All right. Uh, Sarah, so we'd like to do one last thing. So is there anything that you didn't say about this movie that you want to make sure that you say? And if you don't have anything, that's okay. So. Mm. Can be questioned. No, I think I said it all. (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right, Brendan. Um, my one last thing. Um, no, I don't think I have one last thing for this. Oh man. Um, (laughs) actually, no. I the plantation style home that they go to, this creepy house in Mm -hmm. Southern South Carolina. I kind of want to find that house. I would. I would. I would want to find that house and go explore it. Yeah. The one that he built. You mean? Yeah. Okay. I'd be interested in visiting that house. Mm. It's a cool looking house. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I will uh, give another shout out to Starletta Dupois, who played Nurse, yeah. De- Nurse Esther. Because um, she was really good, but also, like, I did notice, like, this movie is extremely white. Uh, it does take place mm-hmm. in South Carolina it in is. the 1940s. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the, there were, like, two characters of color in the whole movie, and they're both. And they're both like, servants. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're both in, like, a servant uh, right. role. So, servant right. role. Right. So. Just kind of like, and then you know when you look at the Nicholas Sparks, uh, the posters for all the Nicholas Sparks movies, it is just like white people kissing, right? So, yeah. In uh, the South as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is I'm assuming he's from the South, Nicholas Sparks. Um, yeah. Yeah. He created his own school. Mm-hmm. Uh, something. You know how did Will Smith do that? I think created his own academy or something nicholas Mm. sparks has a boatload of money because his books have done so well and and been adapted to movies that his uh he divorced his wife fairly recently and i think it was one of those big divorces where she's doing fairly well (laughs) i would hope so yeah yeah i don't know if the school's still in operation but we were talking about it today and um, you want to send your kids there 
<laughs> have them have them learn how to be really good writers. I think there was some the scandal with it, but I I I didn't research it in advance mm. of this. So oh man, um, the score was terrible in this movie too. That's my other one. Big was thing. it? I, mean, I, I, was, I was just like I, so like cliche, and it's just like for like especially when I, there's a movie that like they highlight music in this a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like the score itself is just like very generic love story music. Um, when you unmute, you'll notice. When you unmute mm-hmm. your TV, you'll notice, Sarah. But the song, you know, the song, because at the end when he says the I'll last see- line, I'll be yeah. seeing you, and mm-hmm. that song, I'll be seeing you. and Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's yeah. A old Benny, Benny Goodman and Billie Holiday. Yeah. Billie Holiday does the version at the beginning of the song, the movie and the film. I believe um, that's also the music that we used as the outro last week. Yes, it is in the intro this they, week. Oh, okay. So people, I, I always oh, really? pull music from the movie that we started. Like to, the intro music is the movie that we're covering, and then the outro music is mm-hmm. for whatever we're going to be covering next week. I always pull some songs. So uh, I'll be seeing you cool. was the first Google result on the, the Notebook song. Sure. That last week. So now, if I were to recommend another Sparks movie for you in all your spare time, you guys, mm-hmm. uh, A Walk to Remember just celebrated its 20th anniversary mm. the a walk to remember which i think was the first film that um or first you know film tv role that mandy moore did mm. back in the day uh, mandy moore who also is like famous for a romantic uh not a movie a romantic tv show that takes place over a series of yeah, time periods yeah you you're right you're right mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I think that's what I was thinking of when I was like, oh, like the character in a show where they like are in like a romantic comedy and like they're in a, I think there was like a, was one of the characters like an actor and he was in like a war movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the, one mm-hmm. of the sons in that movie. This in that us. show. This is yeah. us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, who knows? Maybe a walk to remember will come up uh, next week because we are now going to get into our suggestions mm-hmm. and we have listener right. suggestions. We have host suggestions to pick the next ladder rung that we will be doing uh, our movie for next week. So we'll read through them all, then we'll each pick one to move forward uh, and then pick a final uh, movie So uh, to pick what we'll be doing next week. So, uh, Sarah, I know you have some on your list, so we're going to go through listener suggestions first, then you'll get to read yours. Okay. And I will read ours. So first off, Jeff starts off with Sweetland, love story that has a current day and past buildup. This would be a great time to pick this really great independent film. Next one, Nice Guys. This is one I had on my list. Ryan Gosling is the connection there. And Game Night. Rachel McAdams is the connection there. Game night is a great choice. Game I like I like yeah. that one. Uh, Olin has uh, Casablanca, uh, love triangle facing complications during World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnie and Moskowitz, Gina Roland being directed by her husband John Cassavetes, romantic comedy and drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Forrest Gump, a character telling their life story. Uh, I would also add in his other connections to the South and uh, the character goes to war. All right, Megan the Librarian she says, I'm going all in on Kate Winslet movies this week. Mm-hmm. Kate Winslet week for Megan the Librarian. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, another story about love and memory that came out the same year as The Notebook. Other connections, Gosling and Mac Adams are both Canadian, so is Jim Carrey. And the two lovers lie down on the ground together. There that's you one. go. Yeah, that's, yep. a good, that's an interesting connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have all kinds of weird connections that come up. So lying on the ground together, that would be a first. Uh, <laughs> next one, Titanic. Sad love story about an upper-class girl who dumps her upper-class fiancé to be with a mm-hmm. lower-class fella. Like The Notebook, this is structured around a flashback, features different mm-hmm. actors playing older and younger versions of the main character. A it's been a while since I've watched Titanic. It's been like 8.4 years. And you could say like uh, Ryan Gosling kind of took the, the belt from Leonardo DiCaprio for like mm-hmm. the... 
uh, romantic leading man right around this time. And then Iris, 2001, the story of an older married couple told with flashbacks to their younger days. Kate Winslet and Judy Dench play younger and older versions of the wife who suffers from Alzheimer's disease. Uh, wow. Jim Broadbent, who plays the older version of the husband, won an Oscar for Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actor. Mm. I love Jim Broadbent. He's a great actor. Mm. I have never heard of Iris. Somehow. Jim Broadbent. I I remember, uh, you know, I used to be super into the Oscars and I remember it being a big, a big deal that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Stefan, Pride and Prejudice, a dramatic love story based off of a book. Mm-hmm. La La Land, he says, without spoiling it, it is the opposite movie, except it stars Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it's the opposite movie. Um I'm trying to think of what that means. It's an enjoyable version of this where they get, they break up and then they get back together. And yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, also, I, I would say too, like that movie definitely kind of calls back to Rebel Without a Cause and mm-hmm. um, James it Dean and, and Ryan Gosling is compared to James Dean in this movie. That was my, my ad. Uh, Atonement, a dramatic love mm-hmm. story based off uh, a book. Uh, not to be confused with Pride and Prejudice, which also stars Keira Knightley. Wait, who yeah. submitted this? Who is Stephane, this? Stefan. Stefan, I feel you. Atonement is just you that's my movie that if I want to be super sad and I'm oh. just embracing it, <laughs> I will watch Atonement mm-hmm. and it it's a mood. It's, it's a also movie. one of the most beautiful dresses I've ever seen that Kira Knightley wears, this green dress that's so famous from that movie and it's gorgeous. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen this movie, I've Atonement? Never seen Atonement. Uh so yes, I saw it when I was in AmeriCorps. Okay. And my roommate Jeremy and I used to have this. We thought it was like super sad, and then we used to have this joke. We go to the bar afterwards, and like two, you know, two o'clock in the morning, be like, "Hey, should we go back and watch Atonement?" And that used to just be like a running joke about <laughs> right. going home from the bar and watching Atonement. Right. I um, read. The, I remember I read the book too, and I was just so mad at that younger sister who it was all her fault. The little redhead. Oh man. Blew it up. Um, Stefan. Do Atonement. Uh, have you read, did you say already, have you read any uh, Nicholas Sparks books? You said you read them on the Metro, right? Uh, yes. I had a phase where I was reading some Sparks movies and I need to, I, I need to pull up a list of all of them. I definitely, so I read, I read a walk term. I mean, they're, I think they're all pretty short, you guys. Yeah, so I read a, page turners. Right. <laughs> I read A Walk to Remember fairly quickly, and I think I read it because the movie was coming out or something. I don't I don't think I read this one. Um, Nights in Rodanthe, I read uh, Message in a Bottle, I read. And then those I, are like I, definitely like twin movies. Are those both Kevin Costner and. Uh, right. Yeah, I think somebody. you're right. What was that? Uh, oh, this was Richard Gere and Diane Lane. And this one's yeah, Kevin sure. Costner and Robin Wright. They look like the exact same. That's mm-hmm. right. Um yeah, he also did. I'm, I'm looking at all the, the, the choice, the best of me, the longest ride, the lucky ones, safe haven, yeah. the last song, dear John, walk remember in the notebook. There you go. So I'm yeah. one out of eleven for me so far. And someone dies. Spoiler alert! In literally every one of his <laughs> stories, someone's dead or someone's dying. It's just death. Yeah. Very uplifting. Um, Spoiler alert. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to Kyle. Uh, he has a more. Award-winning film about elderly people, elderly couple dealing with struggles of aging and medical setbacks. Mm-hmm. Atonement, an elderly writer, tells the story of romance from her past. Brooklyn, a story about the conflicting, the conflict of falling in love with two men and trying to decide between mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name, maybe the best summer love affair movie that has been made. There you um, go. Those are his four. Um, 
Yes. And you could, you could, uh, atonement and Brooklyn, you could have a Saoirse Ronan connection because she was a young actress in atonement and then kind of a, uh, a grown woman in Brooklyn. She's a great And then actress. she's in uh, Lady Bird, Timothy Chalamet That's is in that. Right. And then we can watch Call Me By Your Name. We can have our whole next yeah. three months mapped out. That's go. right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jim uh, rounds us out. He says, uh, another romance about love triangles that includes the World War. Edward Zwick's 1994 film, Legends of the Fall. The yeah. movie shares a stuntman mm-hmm. with the notebook. <laughs> so huh. one, one stuntman. Uh, I wonder if he was the one hanging from the uh, was there was there a stunt? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps it was the the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Um, all right. So that is our listener suggestions. So Sarah, you get to lead us off. Hopefully, they didn't take all of your picks. No, I don't think I I have my list here. I don't think I doubled up with anyone, but I, oh, I did like some of those suggestions. My first is a Joan Allen connection a movie, 2005, called The Upside of Anger. And I know we talked about, um, ah, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, but, uh, but there's a fella from the baseball movie. If you build it, he will come. What's his name? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner's in the upside of anger with Joan Allen. And it's a, it's an awesome movie. Um, she plays a recently, um, divorced kind of angry, Mm -hmm. uh, angry ex-wife um also starring carrie russell from mm. from the Full mickey mouse club um so that's my first suggestion uh my next one um is called baby boom have you heard of this yes, yes. I've seen baby boom. another um, very classic poster one of yeah. my favorite movies this was the movie that every weekend of my childhood was on tbs and so if you had nothing to do yep you'd turn on channel 18 uh tbs and watch baby boom Mm -hmm. Uh, sam shepherd plays the small town uh, vermont vet who diane Mm -hmm. keaton uh ends up following for and um uh, I would. I love this movie. It's great. And we can it go also, from Brendan's home state to your home state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll also make you crave applesauce because that's <laughs> yeah. the business. She goes into the applesauce business. Oh, really? Huh. And Sam so, Shepard's in that really movie. Well. Sam Shepard. Yeah, yeah, he has a he has a supporting role as a as a vet in Vermont. And so, mm. yeah, for anyone listening who cares, I'm from Vermont and I'm very proud of it. So, uh, my. My third suggestion, my third and last is, I don't know if uh, this might be stretching the game, but it's no, sleepless, there is sleepless, no in, <laughs> sleepless in Seattle because I connected Ryan Gosling with Meg Ryan ah, yes. in Sleepless in Seattle, 1993, Ryan um, with, uh, of course, Tom Hanks, one of our favorites, yes, who yes. plays a, who plays a widow with a, mm-hmm. with a son and, um, and I'm sure everybody's seen it, but also fun fact, my first kiss was, uh, while watching sleepless in Seattle in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's not, I was that's at, not very, uh, I was at the that's theater. Not, uh, that's not, that's not an embarrassing one at least. 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. Uh, that's always what I remember about sleepless in Seattle, but those are my, those are my suggestions. Nice. All right. Uh, who's next? Me or you, Brendan? Uh, me. I get to go this week. All right. <laughs> Uh, I've only had two taken off of my list. That's the Nice Guys in La La Land, um, which uh, I don't know if I want to suggest either of those. Um, so the first one I will do is uh, Woman Under the Influence. This is John Cassavetes' movie starring uh, Gina Roland is in it. Um, so we go Nick Cassavetes to John Cassavetes. And uh, I think 
It's about a uh, alcoholic, but I don't know too much about it. It came up last year um, on when I was doing a Criterion, but I ended up picking it. Um, my next one is about an older couple uh, uh, who's been together forever, and uh, it's just them. It's just basically about old people, uh, and that's on Golden Pond. Damn um, it! <laughs> took it off your list, huh? It's on my list. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I hopefully we can come up with a better title connection than just old people, but um, <laughs> <laughs> old my, people sitting on a porch. Yeah, old, old people water too. That was <laughs> there's water on that. Um, speaking of water, and a character named Noah. Oh, no. There's a movie by Darren Aronofsky that I never saw, and I don't think very many people saw, about Noah's Ark. And it is called Noah. Oh, Noah. And the, the reviews Crowley. say that it is insane. Uh, and so we'd really go in a totally different direction, go with a character named Noah and, and watch Noah, Darren Aronofsky's Noah. I What year did that movie come out? Uh, like within the last like six years, maybe, like yeah. 2014, okay. I think. I feel like yeah. I entirely missed that story. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember. Well, there was that one, and then there was like a there was like a um, Gods in Egypt. I think came out around that. There was a lot of like Old Testament movies that were coming out around the same time. Huh. Um, so I'm always reminded of that Simpsons episode where they have the song "God Said to Noah, There's Gonna Be a Floody Floody." <laughs> was nope. Emma Watson in one of those movies? Hermione from. Probably, yeah. from hey, hey, no Harry Potter, Potter spoilers. Nope, so those are reading the books still. What? <laughs> no, I knew that she's in the movie. Um, right. I feel like she was in one of those movies. I don't know. Um, I'll look well, it up. We can look. Let's see. Right. Emma Watson. All right. Uh, I'll look she it up. What her. Brendan Reed says. Uh, so I have one more that I'll add. Mm-hmm. Um, movie in the South. Mm-hmm. About a book. Mm-hmm. Got a book in the title. Mm-hmm. And it is Oscar season. And this is the last Oscar winner that I have not seen. The last Best Picture winner that I've never seen. And that is Green Book. It's come up a couple times. Yeah, <gasps> yeah I haven't seen about, that either. About a relationship over time. It. Um, I know it was panned when it won Best Picture. We could revisit it, see if it is uh, how it is, as we are in Oscar season right now. We are in Oscar season, um, which is why my first suggestion is going to be not a notebook, but a person who might read a notebook. Uh, another Kate Winslet movie, The Reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you, there's no rules here, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emma Watson um, is in Noah. I just checked. Great. Yeah. Um. So since this is a film where it's written by Nicholas Sparks. I thought maybe we could go with another movie where there is content written by someone named Sparks, and that's the Sparks Brothers music documentary, Sparks Brothers. Um, And then in this movie, we have Rachel McAdams getting married. So I thought we could go with Rachel getting married. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, And have you seen Rachel getting married or not? I have seen Rachel getting married. Um, since you took on Golden Pond, I'm going to do a Ryan Gosling movie that you and I recently talked about uh, in our chat. That's a blind spot for me, The Place Beyond the Pines. Ah. Uh, there's another Maybe question I will not say. Uh, uh, I, I like The Place Beyond the Pines a lot. Um, it doesn't get, people don't talk about it very much, but I, I thought it was a great movie. Myself. I kind of want to do a fifth one, but it probably won't matter. But I, I had a couple of Sam Shepherds that I wanted to recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, Days of Heaven and Fool for Love, um, neither of which I've seen, but are highly recommended. Um, thought about Prairie Home Companion. Are you adding any of these, or are you just saying? No, this? these are just honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Still Alice uh, is yeah, an honorable mention. Um, Pearl Harbor I thought about as an honorable oh, mention. Um, story from Here to Eternity as well. And then, um, yeah, I did I did write down A Walk to Remember, but that was only because in my head I, I confused it with A Walk in the Clouds. 
Yeah, I was also thinking yeah. about um, the lake house. Yeah. Because I feel like the lake house mm-hmm. is like the, a very similar concept. Um, right. I, I wrote on the box for James Marsden. Um, Alpha Dog, which is Nick Cassavetes. That's all I know about. I think I had some cast connections. Uh, modern Romance, for obvious reasons, because it's modern. Um, and it's a romance. Best Years of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars and the Real, Real Girl, which is about uh, yeah. Ryan Gosling in a relationship, but it's with a sex doll. It's such it, a sweet movie, though. It sounds so weird, right? Have you seen right. that movie? No. It sounds so strange, but I remember I saw I went on a I went on a Ryan Gosling binge and I watched that and um, Half Nelson. Mm-hmm. Very different yep. movies. Yep. But yep. Lars and the Real Girl is one of the sweetest movies you've ever seen. It's mm-hmm. so charming. All right. Well, uh, alternate recommendation, Lars and the Real Girl. Um, and then the last one I wrote down was Remember the Titans. Uh, mm. Because I was like, I think that takes place yeah. in the South. Yeah, it does. It takes it takes place like a mile up Virginia, the road from yeah. me. Right down oh, the road from us. Oh, it's in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they Alexandria. they jog from Virginia to Pennsylvania to Gettysburg. It's, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's um, not really it's the South. Though. The former T. C. Williams High School, which was just uh, just renamed this oh, past year. Oh, that's right. So it's just okay. it's yeah. it's up the up the street from us right now. Yeah, yep. when he was he was what I don't know he was probably what nineteen in that movie, skinny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like his first like really his first role. Um, yeah, I think after after hearing some of those options, I think one up one uh, one idea that you could do, which Zach made me think of with the lake house, is just mm-hmm. thinking of famous movie houses, which is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. You could, I think you all did Ferris Bueller already, right? We did, yep. And Home Alone my, as well. Yeah, that's that's Ferris Bueller is one of my favorite movie houses. The lake house is a really pretty. Uh, a really pretty mm. house. There's another movie called, which I'm I'm not suggesting it because um, <laughs> there's already too many, but Life as a House. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they built, who was it? Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Kevin Klein, right? Yeah, Darth and Vader himself. That was, that was a really pretty house that they actually built when they, when they did that. So mm-hmm. there's some, there's some pretty cool movie houses out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, house of Sand and Fog as well is another there one. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I will take it from the top and read off our listener suggestions. Um, we have Sweetland, The Nice Guys, Game Night, Casablanca, Mini and Moskowitz, For- Forrest Gump, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Scottless Mind, Titanic, Iris, Pride and Prejudice, La La Land, Atonement, Amour, Atonement Again, Brooklyn, Call Me By Your Name, Legends of the Fall, The Upside of Anger, Baby Boom, Sleepless in Seattle, A Woman Under the Influence, On Golden Pond, Noah, Green Book, The Reader, The Sparks Brothers, Rachel Getting Married, and The Place Beyond the Pines. I get to pick first. Um, When I saw this come in as a listener suggestion, it made me really happy. I thought it would be really fun to do... Um. Don't know what's fun. I'm trying to think of what movies we have on this list that are fun. Um, kind of want to go to Cast. I kind of want to return to Casablanca. Ah, Casablanca. I haven't watched Casablanca in forever. It's a good connection. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a Casablanca as my suggestion. 
All right. Oh, Sarah, the only rule here is uh, you can pick any movie and we can re- we can reread Except for one that you made. Except one of yours. Okay. So you cannot okay. pick Upside of Anger, Baby Boom, or Sleepless in Seattle. And then the three of us choose from this whole list of nominees and then your listeners vote from there. Is that no, happening? and then we pick somehow between from the, the three, final three. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Casablanca will be one of them. Got um, it. And then the one that I'm going to pick, which I think – how do we do three sad movies in a row? And I picked Casablanca – or uh, Atonement. Um Leaning towards Atomic because it got double nominated. Uh, and Brendan, you haven't seen it, right? I'm not. Um, just looking at. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right, Atonement it is. Why not? Uh, or more. More was nominated. I don't know. Atonement, fine. Whatever. Based on a book, that's a good connection too. Atonement it is. Casablanca Atonement. Atonement from 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I think. When I, there's only one um, Joe Wright, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Got it. So, uh, atonement for me. Okay. All right, Sarah, and then you get to pick one. I should pick a different one, right? Yeah, not yep. one of the ones that we suggested. So it could be anything else uh, that we suggested. Okay. Um, any of my friends uh, or any of the listeners? Let's go with Brooklyn. Brooklyn, all right. Ooh, Hello, Brooklyn. Very sweet movie. Brooklyn has come up quite a bit. Um, yes. Kyle always says that he's the bridesmaid, never the bride, and he's got a two out of three chance of his movie getting picked this week uh, for the one that we're going to do next week. So we have Atonement, Casablanca, and Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. All right, I'm just looking at where everything is streaming at right now. Uh, uh, Casablanca, of course, HBO Max. So yep. you can keep that HBO Max subscription going. Uh, Brooklyn is on... Not anywhere, really. The Roku channel with ads, but yep. not anywhere. And you can rent to Tomel on Amazon Prime. Yeah, and uh, same with Atonement. Yeah, so the only one that's easily streamable is Casablanca. Um, I, uh, what do we want to do? I, I'm sort of leaning towards Atonement, to be honest, um, because you've never seen it. Or Brooklyn, because neither of us have seen it. Um, okay. But I feel like, because we've seen, I mean, we've seen Casablanca. Have we seen, I mean, do you... Do you want to be do you want to be truly depressed or do you want to be slightly slightly depressed? Slightly. <laughs> is is Brooklyn a little bit more uplifting? Brooklyn's a little more uplifting. And what's the connection from Brooklyn? Uh, I think it's just like star-crossed lovers basically. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's similar uh in that she she needs to make a choice of gotcha. lives. And, and this is 1950s, so we go from 1940s to 1950s. And Sir Ronan's in both. You have a young and an old. Mm-hmm. And Jim Broadbent is in Brooklyn. Um, he, Sarah, you were just talking about how much you love Jim Broadbent. Yep. Oh, that's um, right. Oh, Jim Broadbent. Uh, there's a Harry Potter casting spoiler. I don't know who he plays, but he's in some Harry Potter movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. What are either either one, Brendan? Um, we need drum roll. We do. I know, right? Uh, um, Sometimes we do a, a coin flip. So Brooklyn what do you do came, if it's... Brooklyn if it's, came up a lot last year, and yeah. we didn't pick it, um, and now it's coming up again. I think we should go with Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. I'm good cool. with going with Brooklyn. Brooklyn um, I mean, we can always do Atonement the week after, because Saoirse Ronan's in both. Also so. true. Yeah. Uh, and I absolutely love Casablanca, you know, but we'll, you know. Yeah. I mean, we could always do Casablanca, but I feel like we could do Casablanca a lot of, a lot of different reasons. So let's do Brooklyn. Um, Got it. Maybe maybe a weaker connection, but we're going from the 1940s to the 1950s, and we're telling the story of young love. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's not streaming. I think it was streaming at some point. Yeah, I I think it was as well. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, it just says the Roku channel is the only spot where you can okay. get it right now. But it's uh it's rentable or always mm-hmm. you can check it out from your local library, which is what I will be doing. I'm gonna be placing a hold right now. Um I think Brooklyn was also nominated for some Oscars as well. It was. It was. It was, it was yeah. number Oscar. yeah, for quite a few. Yep. Uh all right. Well, hello Brooklyn. That's what we're gonna do. Um oh wow. There are four copies of Brooklyn at my local library, and every single one is checked out right now. Really? Um, lots of people watching this movie. Um, or just listening to your podcast. Yeah, it's true. They, in, the in, in the future. Uh, the year's best love story is what it says on the cover. So, yeah. All right, from so we could have just, just skipped this whole podcast and time travel was back to that's, take Domino yes. Gleason to Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, that's actually perfect. We did Rachel McAdams, yeah. and then we went back in time, and then we're, yeah. Then we're yeah, and now Domino we're taking Gleason. Domino Gleason. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's that's kind of perfect. Parallel universe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So right. Brooklyn it's, coming up next week. great. I love it. Um, you can watch it on the Roku channel, but then you're going to have to deal with ads, so don't do that. Great. All right. Um, well, uh, Sarah, thank you for coming on and talking through the notebook with us. Your children and dogs yeah. were well-behaved and quiet the entire time. I know. Isn't that shocking? I feel yeah. like when Max on the podcast with you guys, there's always interruptions. So always, I'm yes. The, I'm mm. the magical yeah. uh, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. person here. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we like to close this out by uh, talking about the best, the uh, what you are next looking forward to watching. Oh, so we started geez. with like what was the best thing you just watched. What are you looking forward to watching? And uh, for us, it's in the next week. But you, since you're not going to be on the podcast, it could be uh, anytime. What At any point. To? Can yeah. it, it it movie TV anything? Movie, yeah, but usually just like one thing. Um, okay. Okay. I I still need to watch Cobra Kai season four. Mm-hmm. on netflix mm-hmm. uh i watched cobra kai without having actually seen karate kid and didn't know that i had never seen karate kid and then i've binged uh all the seasons it is it is uh it's fun i like it makes me want to nice. do karate i never watched it before oh uh, well maybe you know soon soon your daughter can do karate she'll be able to sure know. yeah <laughs> um all right brendan what about you uh, yeah, for this week's Criterion Challenge, we're up to the 80s, so I'm finally going to tackle Brazil, I believe. Mm, um, Sergillium. Um, other than that, not too much. Um, Raised by Wolves, uh, I need to catch up on a couple of episodes of that into season two now, which has been really fun. Um, yeah, just those two things. Um, Criterion Challenge and Raising Some Wolves. Yeah, I uh, I just picked up two movies from the library. Um but one is very depressing, so I don't know when I'm going to watch it. But I picked up Mass, um, which came out last year, and it's supposed to be just, like, really, really hard to watch, but really powerful. So I got to be in the right mood to watch Mass, so it will not be tonight, but I have it for a week from the library. So at some point between now and next week's podcast, I will have watched Mass, hopefully. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So that's that's what I got next at some point. So. Right. And, of course, we're going to be watching Brooklyn. Um, so check that out. Send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on twitter the movie ladder gmail.com sending those emails with your next movie suggestions uh we're going back to ireland again brendan as well no sleep uh, till brooklyn though yeah no sleep till brooklyn but also ireland sarah is there anywhere that you want people to uh, keep up with what you're doing oh, no i think you all have full lives in your <laughs> you know, maybe i'll maybe i'll join you all again well usually on the, so on the on the fast and furious and, and bond podcast mac always like you know he was like oh i made this like phone case that's the bernie gloves oh <laughs> sure you don't have any art you know projects what? that you could shout out i guess uh, next time i join i promise i'll have something to promote so you all can send my kids to college one day there we awesome. go. <laughs> perfect all right thank you i appreciate uh, it uh, brennan anything are you doing anything 
that you want to talk about? No, no, nothing to talk about at this point in time, but uh, yeah. Just really happy to have had Sarah on. This was a lot yeah, of fun. This is a lot yeah. of fun. Glad we could oh, have you thanks, on, Sarah. fellas. This is really fun. Yes. Uh, glad that we got to see the notebook. Glad that we got to have you on your first podcast. Hopefully you'll be on many more to come. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Uh, see everybody next week for Brooklyn. Hey, so-